Welcome to Two For None, your favourite cricket comedy podcast. We're back, folks. Patrick Cullen here in the chair, and alongside me is the main man, Alex Spinks. Spinksy, how are you? Good, the main man. Yeah, number uno. Poor Bardo. Yeah, well, he's the man, the myth, the legend. I needed to come up with another introduction for you on the fly. <laughs> I hadn't really thought much about it. I just let myself... I just followed my heart, you uh, know? He knows where his true friends are. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Bardo is actually in Tobart as we speak. He's Tobart? <laughs> He's in Hobart, Tasmania, um, with his wife and little little kid Jack. Lovely first family holiday. First family holiday. He's actually working, I believe, but it's a working. They're place. having a holiday. They're, yeah, they're having a holiday. That's correct. Um, Spinks, been a bit of a time. Uh, you know, we kind of won the World Test Championship and didn't put out an episode. Oh, did we? I didn't notice that. Yeah, that was good. Oh. Um, that was. A really I thought Jai had been quiet. Yeah, <laughs> yeah poor Jai Singh. I did spend the whole of last episode, if anybody's listening to this sequentially, being like, Jai, we'll give you a call. We'll have a chat. On the World <laughs> Test waiting by the phone. And he's been waiting by the phone. So, Jai Singh, if you're listening to this, I'm, I'm really sorry I didn't get around to you. My, my life's been a nightmare, Spinks. It's been a nightmare and a joy. Like, I I, I bought a, I bought an apartment. With oh, Polly. congratulations. Thank you so much. Are you a Nepo baby? How'd you afford uh, that? Yeah, more or less I'm a Nepo baby. Um, and also, Polly's a very frugal person. Um, you need one. Needs In one. every relationship. She's very financially responsible. Um, so, yeah. So, got a house. Congratulations. Bloody got a got a wild job working on, on Vivid, which was huge. Um, my life went crazy for last month. So, unfortunately, I didn't get to put out an episode. But here we are, Spinks. Here we are. Ready to make up for lost Victorious. time. Victorious. Victorious. We won the World Test Championship, number one. And number two, the test match we just watched in Edge Baston, the first test of the Ashes, was just absolutely incredible, Spinks. Easily one of the best that I've ever watched and much more preferable to the one in 2005, which people call one of the best because we won this one. That's right. And more preferable to the 2019 and Headingley also because we won this one. Yeah, I was going to get to that later because <laughs> I quite famously said before the Headingley match that uh, Ben Stokes was one of my favourite cricketers to watch and I was questioned mm. by the former main man Bardo about why I would like Ben Stokes and then Ben Stokes proceeded to break our hearts yeah real hard yeah and poor Nathan Lyon in that test match fumbled the ball to run Ben Stokes out which would have won us the ashes instead of t uh, drawing the ashes over in England and I felt it was quite apt that this time around, Ben Stokes fumbled a catch off Nathan Lyon, which helped us win a test match. So, what goes around comes around. And who knows, who's to say, Spinks, we're not going to know until sort of four tests from now, how integral that, that drop is going to be. Or that declaration. Or that declaration. There's so many little bits <laughs> and nuance to it, but like... Before we come and, and, and just chat about the insanity of that, let's just quickly put a nip like in the bud of the fact that we won the World Test Championship, speaks here. I mean, like, we played India, um, we played them, where did, was that the Oval? That's the Ooh. Oval, yeah, right. Steve Smith's favourite overseas ground. He's so good there. Yeah, well, he's good nearly anywhere. Not, obviously, Edge Baston, <laughs> but that aside, he's really good. They're starting to refer to him on commentary as one of the all-time greats. You know, well, about in time. time. Yeah, I, I know he's always going to be overshadowed by his little sandpaper um, incident. Sandpaper incident. Yeah, but you know, 
Shane Warne was suspended multiple times and he's the greatest ever. So It's true. And and, and Don and Bradman, by all reports, is not a nice man. No, so by greatest ever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm happy to go with that. Um, but we, we I, I would I would say, you know, Jai Singh's ears burning somewhere over there in Perth. We pretty much rolled them. Yeah. Huh? Well, what, first innings 469? Like yeah. Smith, uh, Travis Head just mowing through 160, almost a runner ball. You've got to really love watching Trav when he just, when he gets going. When he gets going. Because, yeah, the fourth innings at Edge Baston, he was forcing stuff that wasn't coming mm. for him. But as soon as he's getting to his free-flowing... Um, routine is amazing, and and the Indians in that game just decided to pitch it up to yeah him on a fairly true surface as well. I'm yeah. I'm sure they're really uh, happy that they rolled out that green top in the fourth <laughs> game of our last series in India in preparation for this. Game. Oh, I'm sure that put a real it worked help. wonders. Yeah, like really. Ravi Ashwin's expertise on oh, that type of pitch, incredible. obviously paid dividends as he was watching on in his orange substitute vest Best. from the edge. Yeah, what, the world's like number three, four, five. Rated bowler, bowler, like highest rated off spinner consistently. I think him and Jadeja swap and Lion pops his head up every now and then. But to my mind, the best off spinner of the last decade in nearly all forms of cricket mm. is India's most dropped player behind maybe Rahane, who also was their best batsman. So <laughs> it was a real topsy-turvy time. Yeah. It was a real sort of spinner right round, baby right round sort of energy, you know, like it didn't make much sense to me. But look, like we had a great middle order there. Steve got 121, Trav got 163. Um, Alex Carey, sort of, we showed that bit of form. Yeah, like he's know? normally good for a good 20 and he's starting to be good for a good 50. Which we love to which see. Which is great. Like They always, the inevitable comparisons to the swashbuckling Adam Gilchrist type innings is we're never going to get, I don't think never, but we probably aren't going to get a 100 in 105 balls from Alex Carey mm. more than once. But 50 off 60... Every game. And honestly, mate, like, in that position, 90% of the time, that's all we really need from yeah. him. Brad Haddon was exactly the same. Yeah. He's just a good 50, 40, 60, whatever you're going to get out of him. And he also chirps a little bit and annoys the other players. So, big fan. We love to see it. Um, Virat didn't really get many runs. We actually rolled them pretty hard in that first innings. Mm. Um, wickets were shared nicely amongst the bowlers. In the second dig, we declared at what, 270, put him back in, bowled them all out for 234, Um It was pretty straightforward, yeah. really. And here's what it got me wondering, Spinks. So you and I, and we've talked about, and Bardo and I have talked about a lot on this podcast, the fact of home advantage in test matches, right? Mm. And they're trying to sort of circumvent this with the World Test Championship final. That, yeah, because England will never make the final. That's right. They yeah. need to be good at test cricket. They are getting better, to be fair. Um, but... You know, I wonder about playing at a neutral venue. Oh, for the right? WTC Final. every year, or even um, uh, like the Champions League final in the football mm. is each country gets to host it and you move it around season by season. And obviously you have a backup if your team, if the host team is going to be the one in the final, then you move it to the second choice. I think that's a much better idea. Yeah, I, I think that could be really great. Yeah. I think that's a smarter idea than the Indians who now want a three-test final. Which yeah, well, as Pat Cummins said, is in the Olympics you get one shot. You have to earn that shot, but once you've earned it, you get one shot, that's it. And it's a real, it's a real M&M situation there. you got to... If, <laughs> if you had one shot, man. Oh, oh no. 
Oh no, that's embarrassing. <laughs> the thing I loved the most was the pregnant pause while you and me tried to remember the lyric to complete the joke. I we both knew there was a joke to the there. Chorus. Uh, I just went, yeah, yeah, lose yourself. Lose yourself. There's something I couldn't actually even remember what the joke was, but there was there was something there definitely. Um, <laughs> anyway, yeah. So look, I'd like to see that. I think. I, I, yeah, like, they're just upset that they've lost two. Yeah. You know, no one else is caring because New Zealand's won one. We've won one. Hundred percent strike rate for those two teams. India zero percent <laughs> strike rate. I can understand, but you know, after three tests, they've still lost the first two. Yeah. So they still wouldn't have won. Unless he did something crazy. Here's a crazy idea. There's no budget for Pick this. Pick Ravi Ashwin. <laughs> In overseas conditions. It's nuts, I know. And that's crazy, Spinks. You're a, you're a wild man. Um, you do one test in England. You do the second test in India. You do the third test in Australia. No, because India will win. You reckon? They've won here the last two times. That's a good point. I'm not giving them that. Take it to New Zealand. Oh, nice. Yeah, I was thinking... We're, we're the best in New Zealand. The USA, Spinksy. Take it to the USA. Spread out the game. Played on a baseball pitch, like Played the T20 exhibition pitch. matches that Shane Warne took over there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're getting into the cricket. There's a Canadian yeah. league. There's the American league. T20 is brewing. 300 million people. There's going to be a lot of people out there that like cricket. Um... Anyway, let's. That's enough of that. We won it. We're very pleased to have won it. We deserve to win it. Yeah, we and great. it feels really bad to say it, but I'm really glad that the World Test Championship, the pinnacle of a two-year Test calendar, was the greatest run-in for us for the Ashes. <laughs> yeah, it was a really the most important trophy you in the what? Test calendar. It was a really good uh, warm-up game, wasn't it? Really, absolutely put us in a really good warm-up position. Um, to be yeah. able to play well in English conditions. Yeah, you get, it was, you know, it was slightly green at the oval. It was seeming and swinging around for our bowlers, which was lovely. Um, and then you move to Edgebaston and it is just the deadest pitch that I've seen outside of the MCG. I mean, mate, let's start there, right? So uh, Ben Stokes said that he wanted to have flatter, faster wickets in order to play his basketball yeah, on. In, you know, traditionally very sunny England, which can bake a pitch to be very flat and fast. Yeah. You know, they might have had a heat wave, but it was 31. <laughs> <laughs> not exactly a heat wave by no. Australian standards. It's not going to get you the whacker. No. You know, 31 degrees isn't going to get you. You know, it's 31 degrees in Perth in winter. Yeah. Like, it's not going to get you the whacker. Yeah. Do you know? And you don't have the Fremantle docker coming in and drying it out. That's right. Day. Mates, so when I saw that pitch, it kind of looked like. It honestly looked like something under the subcontinent. Yeah, it was offensive. <laughs> it was offensive. How does an England pitch that is it a drop-in pitch at the Oval? I don't know. Tonight. At Edgebaston, sorry, but it's in Birmingham, which is where uh, my in-laws are from. So I've been trolling my father-in-law with how shit Birmingham is. In how can Birmingham produce this dry, dusty, slow pitch? after like a massive heat wave and one of the wettest winters that they've had in a decade. And as soon as Ben Stokes says that he wants a faster, flatter pitch, they just remove all grass and it's just dirt. Dirt. It was just flat, weird dirt. Yeah, it looked really green for about an hour and that's obviously because they'd spray painted the pitch green before <laughs> anyone had turned up. Just to make it look like grass. It was so strange. I mean... Uh, you, you've also got to say, and this might be asked for the benefit of hindsight being able to say this, but you've got to say, mate, that that it didn't actually play into their hands 
do you know, like, we've come to Edgebaston before and seen a green seamer and been rolled for freaking nothing by, like, three quarters of this bowling attack. You know, why wouldn't you just do that again when they're great at playing on green seamers and we are not? Yeah, and, like, this... The only person that this pitch would have suited was Mitchell Stark, and he was running the drinks. That was that was a little strange. I mean, I thought Hazelwood bowled really well. Yeah, but you always think it's Hazelwood or Boland. Mm. Like, that's that's the question that keeps getting asked. And this time they went, oh, how about both? Paul Dos, Mitchell Stark sits on the side. And it just worked. Yeah. Like, it just worked. I but mean, it was the squeakiest of squeaky bum time this game speaks. I was there at... 4.30 in the morning, yesterday morning, with on Discord with my mate, just in, huddled up in our various back rooms, trying not to yell too loud because our wives are asleep, watching it. It was squeaky bum time. And the only chant that kept coming out from as soon as Alex Carey got out, for so for 52 runs, was one more run, one more run. We just kept chanting it again and again and again and again and again. And it worked, so you're welcome. That's right, folks. Don't go and thank Pat Cummins. It wasn't him that got us across the line. It was Spinksy's mystical chant. You are correct. <laughs> Just this druidic chant at 4am in the middle of the coldest winter night on record in Sydney. Mate. One it, more run. One more run. <laughs> um, it was such a great freaking game, though, Spinks. So, like, can you honestly remember a better test victory off the top of your head? No, not off the top of my head, because the great games that we always talk about, especially in Ash's lore over the past 20 years, we lost. Because mm. we, we tend to win by a decent margin. And yeah. we don't tend to win by a close one. We do not win close games like this. Not we since don't win Steve Waugh and even Alan Borders' era, where we would grind out a game really closely. We have been very good at blowing teams away or blowing leads. Not a lot of middle ground. So this was great. And like both bowling attacks got 18 wickets total. That's because they declared, but I'm not talking about that. <laughs> so it's fairly even on either side. And I'm just really glad that one of our three number 11s uh, <laughs> was able to hit 20 odd runs and get us over the line. Same here, man. Same here. I mean, I, I got to tell you, like I know we've jumped to day four already, but when I saw Alex Carey get out, like when he popped that ball up, you know, and we were still chasing uh, 72 runs or something. Yeah. Uh, was it 50? 72 when Usman played a really lazy stroke yes. and got out, and then 50-odd when Carey got out. Yes. And, you know, I was I thought we were done. I nearly went to bed. Like, I was like, this is it. That's game over. And and Paddy Cummins and Nathan Lyon just played the most incredible innings. Was it Roots next over after Kerry got out that Cummins laced a four and a two and a four off three consecutive balls off Joe Root? Yeah. That, that made me not go to bed. <laughs> like, oh, okay. He's remembered like, how to bat. You know, it was extraordinary. And then Gary Lyon, like, I cannot talk highly enough about that off drive. Oh, the off-driving Stuart Broad. Yeah. Just this checked, lent in off-drive. It didn't move his feet at all. He just played through the line. Off it went to the boundary. To Ollie Robinson. Hey, we got to quickly... I know, we've got to go... Tom Hawkey sent us a tape. We've got to go to that. We've got, to, we've got so many things to talk about this game. But let's quickly, at the top of the podcast here, Spinks, just check in on our old mate, Ollie Robinson, who's full of a lot of chat. He... Yeah, He's, a lot. There's a lot of chat for a bloke who bowls 125. Yeah, but he... 
also gets like six wickets. I mean, this is the thing, right? So Ricky Ponting was like being like, you know, he, Ollie Robinson came out and said when he told Ujman Kawaja to fuck off um, loudly to his face after getting him out on 141. I think first fuck day. off you fucking prick was oh, the line. And I, I was offended because I think there are nine players in the Australian lineup that you can say that to. <laughs> and I think there's seven players that deserve it. But, but good old Scotty Boland yeah. and Usman Khawaja are not the two that you can say that to. We love them. They wouldn't hurt a fly. They're lovely boys. Yeah. You leave them alone. Leave them alone. Why are you yelling at them? Yeah. Yell at Dave Warner if he could stay in and get 100. I, I mean, would understand. Also, the bloke hit 141. Mm. Do you know? Like He hit 112 before he gave a chance. <laughs> And then Stuart broad, bold, and no, no ball because he'd watched Pat Cummins in the first innings and went, I want to try that. I mean, that was pretty good. It was though. very funny. It was very it, good. It remind, there's this wonderful story that Brad Haddon tells of Ben Stokes' first Ashes, which was the one in Australia, and I think about 2016, 17. Yeah, sounds right, yeah. And Ben Stokes, like, Haddon had hit about 30 runs. Uh, Haddon had, I think, edged the ball to slip off Stokes' bowling. Stokes' first wicket in the ashes, first test wicket, I think. And Brad Haddon's walking off, looks up at the side screen, sees that Stokes has overstepped, tucks the bat under his arm, walks back. And then they knew that Stokes was a bit of a, a firebrand at the time. And so he was at the non-striker's end and just turned to Ben Stokes and went, well done on your first test wicket, Matt. Like, that's really hard. I, I understand that's a big journey for you, but well done on that. So he starts like mouthing off a little bit and Brad Haddon's just talking to the arm. He's like, oh, Kind of need, he needs to understand that, you know, you can't do that the whole time. Anyway, so the couple more overs back and then Brad Haddon carts him for six. Stokes is looking upset, he's got his sunnies on, got his baggy blue on, and Brad Haddon turns around to him again and says, tough to get your first test wicket, but really appreciate the effort you put in there, mate. Stokes goes off, like swearing his head off at Brad Haddon. He gets fined like 40% of his match fee. Wow. Brad Haddon gets nothing and just has a good day. <laughs> There's something um, great, and I, I love this in club cricket too. There's something great about um, sledging someone with a compliment. Yeah, to kill them with kindness. You know? nothing, nothing makes a, a 55-year-old pie chucker angrier mm. than someone complimenting them on a full toss. Oh, yeah. I, um, there was a bloke who was clearly a ring-in. Mm -hmm. This is a couple of years ago. And I was fielding at point. Mm -hmm. uh, maybe Gully, which is unusual for me. I shouldn't be there, but I was. <laughs> your, best, your best position. <laughs> not, I'm no Cameron Green. Um, and I uh, I just started saying to him, oh, mate, you are so good at cricket. <laughs> you are so good at cricket, big fella. You must be really proud of yourself. <laughs> and then he's just like, I'm getting angry for him. Right? He's just pumping our opening bowler for six. And I was just, yeah, very quietly just going, you are so good at cricket, mate. You are really good at it. <laughs> did that get him out or did he hit 100? He did. I think he got sort of 40-odd, but he did try and hit one into next week and missed <laughs> it and got bowled. So, you know, that's that's the psychological um, destruction we're all about here, Smigs. Um, and Ollie Robinson is all Oh, about. yeah. Right. So back to Ollie Robinson. So look, I mean, I sledge a lot of blokes. I don't bowl very fast or very accurately. But I think you've just got to, if, if you bowl 125, you've got to know in your heart you bowl 125, you know? Um, it, that's where you need to be in your heart. You know, you just got to be aware of it. 
and I think he thinks he bowls one fifty. Yeah. Do you know? The the thing that I have with Ollie, which I, I I quite like, is that we haven't had a pommy villain for a while. True. Is like we've had Stuart Broad for a decade, of but within about four years of him not walking from the thickest of edges we've ever seen. I was telling Polly about that the other day. Did she care? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> about as much as Stuart Broad in 2013. <laughs> Wait, I remember the the Courier Mail in Brisbane before the first test in the the next series, which was six months later. Printed out, they would not print his name. Mm. They would not say Stuart Broad, they would write the 27-year-old medium pace bowler mm. and put that all over the headlines. And I think he took about six wickets in the first innings and just walked into the, to the press conference holding that newspaper. Wow, like He, he dived good. headfirst into the villainy so hard yeah. that nearly every Australian had to respect him almost immediately. Yeah, you do. We love a villain. We love a chirpy villain. Him, Merv Hughes is great for that. Virat, we have nothing but respect for because yeah, they're just nothing. angry, competitive people and they <laughs> dive headfirst into their villainhood status. And because Stuart Broad's still around, he's playing to the crowd, he's getting some booze, but over here, he's the most fun person on the pitch Yeah. because he's playing to the crowd in Australia, getting the booze, going, come on, give it to me. We're having a great time. Mm. So it's not, he's not a villain anymore. He's a pantomime villain. And now we have this very mm. tall 30-year-old 125k an hour bowler who thinks he is the best thing ever and I'm so glad because now we've got someone we can actually hate yeah it's a, it's a very good point Spinks. it's a very good point and we've got to say that Stuart Broad bowled really well he did he looked Both buggered is. by the end of it oh he did look because he shouldered the entire workload Ollie Robinson's injury prone James Anderson hasn't played for a couple of months yeah and is 5,000 years old <laughs> He's been there since the start of time. Yeah. Moeen um, Ali is, you know, he's ripped his finger. spinning finger open because he is not bold with a red ball and the Duke's got that pronounced seam which I mean, plays mate, havoc on an off spinner's finger. He literally replied with lol when his captain of his country sent him a message saying, do you want to play in the ashes? I mean, that tells you where Moeen was and look like he... Yeah, on vacation. <laughs> yeah, he was... Yeah. Uh, like, what did he get in the first innings? He picked up a couple of really crucial wickets. He bowled 33 overs in that first About innings. 31 with a ripped open finger. Like, having not played a test in like two years, two and a bit years. Mm. I mean, it's not... I'm not a Dr. Spinks, but that's not a recipe for success. You know what I mean? Yeah. My dad is a doctor. He is a doctor. Well, I, I don't understand... I really don't understand his selection. I love Moeen, he's one of the, the nice guys of cricket, but he was never a great first spinner option. No. He's like the perfect inclusion in subcontinent conditions, or if you have a turner at, I don't know, some made up British pitch that spin. <laughs> some TBD fake British pitch. Edge Baston now, apparently. Whatever. Yeah, apparently Edge Baston's a dust bowl. Yeah, but he was, He's there because of the free-flowing style he plays. So I understand that. In, and we'll get to the baseball deconstruction after Hawkey talks about it, I'm sure. Mm. But that's why he's there. But they have spinners yeah. in England. Yeah. Although the uh, unnerving stat for them is in county cricket, I think is over the last decade, only 10% of wickets taken are taken by spin bowlers. Wow. And that's not necessarily because they suck. It's because they're not bowled because the mm. conditions don't suit them, and we always talk about that. They need a generational talent to be their spinner. Someone like Graham Swan. Uh, they need a Graham Swan or a Monty Panesar to be there to take two, 300 test wickets, but yeah. they 
don't seem to want to give someone a chance at the moment because their main spin option is Jack Leach, who is not a spinner. He's just a slow left arm bowler. He's very accurate, though. Very accurate. And he can hold up an end at number 11. He he can. He, he can, can face 70-odd balls while Ben Stokes hits 160 and wins a game. Yeah, he can really do that. But he's their, he's their frontline spin option, which mm. is insane. That's an insane spinner to have. <laughs> it is not normal. No. It is not sane. Like, Jadeja can bat yeah. as well as turn it. Yeah, it's true. Like... He's not what you'd call a main spin option, but they use him as a frontline spinner because he can turn it, he can hold up an end, and he can bat. Jack Leach can bowl it. Jack Leach. <laughs> I thought there was going to be more to that. That's all I have. Folks, <laughs> there was not. Look, um, I think to really uh, sum up this game, we should hear from our, my friend, your friend, everybody's good old mate, Tom K. Hawkey. You and I have been both thinking about the Hawk in the last couple of days. You've yeah. been posting. One, we haven't seen much from him, Spinks. No, he was excited up until day five. Up until day five. And then was less excited and haven't heard much from him since. Mm. So, without further ado, here he is, Tom K. Hawkey with a bulletin from a bit. Hi there, Tom K. Hawkey here with another bulletin from a Brit. It's finally here! This Ashes series is the most hotly anticipated event in the history of the cosmos. Steve Jobs announcing the first iPhone, Armstrong setting foot on the moon, Jesus coming back from the dead, none of these were as eagerly awaited as this Ashes series. And boy, did this edge-bastoned thriller deliver. From Zach Crawley crunching the first ball through the covers for four, to Brooke fumbling the ball over the boundary, this was breathless entertainment. I've never felt this positive after a lost test before. In all honesty, I would happily lose this series 5-0 if every test is as thrilling as this one. I'll hold you to Yeah, look, I, I love the sentiment from Hawkey there. but It's I very un-British. It's very I don't think he lives there anymore. <laughs> he does not. No, he's he definitely doesn't. He, he's seen some sun. Um, he's got a more positive disposition. But, I, I mean, I, I understand the sentiment though, mate. Like, in terms of, like, what we want as cricket fans from a game of test cricket, mm. this was it. Oh, from day one, it was great cricket. Sensational. So exciting. And they were carting us around the field at times. Also, we haven't talked about this at all because we've been so busy, like, gloating and living in the joy of the moment. But there's a big thing that you and I need to talk about, Spinks, and that is Australia's fielding tactics. Yeah. I think Hawkey might have something to say about it, okay, but okay. I do want to deconstruct yeah, 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 yeah. it. Yeah, Okay, we'll, we'll, we'll put a we'll pin see, in it and come back. See to what it. he says. Yeah, yeah, I don't yeah. want to take words out of his mouth because right, they're good words. He's full of good words. Okay, okay, back to Tom. The 4-0 result in Australia was demoralising as England struggled to dominate any sessions and just limped through each test. Australia are a better team and the fact that England could take the fight of them every ball meant that this was a loss I could take. England's new brand of cricket is not just mindlessly thrashing with the bat. It's about changing the approach ball by ball to maximise the chances of winning. The outcome of this match hinged on the finest of margins Microanalyzing any single decision or moment in isolation seems futile. We entered that final hour with all four results possible, and in the end, the better team just edged it. Oh, thanks, Tom. There's been a lot of talk about the declaration. Mm. Personally, I loved it. It was a clear statement of intent. 
the epic and testing 20 minutes that Warren and Kawaja had to endure was gripping. Let's not forget that when Stokes dismissed Smith LBW on day two, Australia was 67 for three. Mm. If Bairstow had held his catches and taken his thumpings, our first innings lead would have been much healthier than just seven runs. Yeah, hold up there. Bairstow as keeper mm. is interesting because they've had their trials with is it Ben Folks? Yeah. Is their keeper keeper? Who's sort of talked about as being one of the best keepers going around internationally. Yeah, him and he was in that Tim Payne kind of conversation of yeah. the best gloveman that they have. And the test team in England has tried Bairstow before. Uh, Butler for Butler, a while, back yeah. to Bearstow, back to Butler, back to Bearstow, back to Butler. They gave folks a little bit of a run, and now they're back to Bearstow again, who is a great batter. Great batter. Sensation. Great batter. Yeah. And probably okay in a T20. Yeah, as, as a, keeper. a keeper. Yeah. I don't understand, again, why he's there. Maybe it's the approach, but he... Him and Joe Root, neither of them went for an edge of Usman Kawaja in the fourth innings when Kawaja was on four. Yes, and, and went right through the middle of them. Neither of them moved their feet. And Joe Root is about 10 metres behind Bearstar mm-hmm. at that time. It's his to go for. And it went straight through, went for a boundary. Aussie scores another 56 runs and takes 12 hours to do it. <laughs> really, really upset me at the time. And then an article came out where he said the little version of him was inside going, you can expand, you can play more shots. But I no- I said, no, it's in the last hour that we win it. And then he got out before that hour started. And I was really upset with Usman at the time. <laughs> but we won and it's okay. But I can't remember, it might have been on an ESPN Crick Info article, but mm. from his missed stumping and two... Uh, fumbled catch and that missed catch 120 runs can be attributed to Johnny Bairstow's keeping Oofed. so they'll stick with him like there's as Ben Stokes has said there's no fear of failure in this squad yeah. so these mistakes may, will happen may happen we'll live with them but surely you need a keeper behind the stumps surely you need a keeper behind the stumps a spinner and to play Mark Wood like yeah. if you're England yeah if they bring in folks, they bring in a, a different spinner because there's no way Ali can play the next test. No, sure. He's got a week to recover the biggest blister I've ever seen yeah. on a finger. Yes. Yeah, and one of the biggest blisters I've ever seen full stop, like colossal, the size yeah. of a small nation. You know, it's the, the size of the North Island of New Zealand. Um, you know, it's one of those. It's it's a big blister. Yeah, like they, they won't ring the changes through every department, but that's a lot of runs that you can attribute to the mistakes of a sometimes wiki. Yeah, it's a lot of runs. Anyway, um, let's go back to Tom. Seven runs. Look, I love Johnny Bairstow, and I want him in the side. But the keeper spot should be given to our best keeper. Folks should be the first name inked onto the team sheet. Right? That Sorry, Tom. That Bairstow and Brook must compete for the remaining batting place, so be it. There are also woes in the spin department. And Thank England you, missed the control Sorry, of Jack Leach as much as Moeen missed the skin on his spinning finger. <laughs> Potentially, England will have to go for four seamers in the next test and rely on Root as their frontline spinner. Wow. And why not? Just re-watch the return catch he took off a booming carry drive. What about yeah. the two he dropped? <laughs> there is much to be happy about as an England fan. Root is in scintillating form. Harry Brook looks set to fulfil his potential this summer. And Stuart Broad is... Well... Stuart Broad, the man for the big stage. The burst of brilliance he offered up showed there's life in the old dog yet. Yeah, it was amazing. England also restricted Labuschagne and Smith to their third lowest aggregate in any test they've played together. Hold up there. That is the thing that 
was probably upset England the most is that, yes, I think Smith and Minus combined for about 36 total runs for the wow. entire match, and they still lost. Mm. Like Smith is fresh off 120 in the World Test Championship. Manus looks has looked good for Glamorgan, but has looked easy to get out in that exact same delivery that Broad bowled to him, that slight outswinger. Have you heard of Broad's new delivery? Spinks? No. Strap it for this. good as Nathan Lyon's Jeff? <laughs> it's close. It's called The Outswinger. Oh! oh. Um, and to be fair, Broad literally did get Manus with an Audi twice. Yeah. He, he said at the end of the second day that he's added the outswinger to his delivery just a slight one he's mm. like he's not a professional at it but he dabbles <laughs> it's not one that he's going to use very often because he can't but he'll, he'll try it every now and then and he said that after he got Manus out the first time mm. and then on day five Manus went no nah, I can't do it twice he did it twice he did it twice he did it twice and and the first one especially like Manus was at about what seventh or eighth stump yeah. This did not need to be. He was in these weird pigeon cross-legged stance, waving outside the eighth stump line. Yeah, he did, he did not need to be out there. And, and like credit needs to... Stuart Broad is a cricketer that I've struggled with for a long part of my life. As you say, a genuine pantomime villain. Um, but I was I was so impressed with him in this. Like he was he genuinely brought fear to my heart. Yeah, and you know in those gloomy conditions. And he was just nipping it and swinging it around. It was like this guy, because he's inflicted so much harm on us before. You know, was it eight for fifteen, the six for fifteen that he yeah. got at at Edge Baston? Yeah, in that what seventy nine all out oh, that we that God. we played. Like, don't mention the war. <laughs> you know, like there's such memory of that, particularly at this ground. And so, yeah, I thought he was. He was so good. And, and, and you're right, like Jimmy looks short of a run and, and all that sort of thing. And, and England do need to think about their fielding and their catching and their, all that sort of thing. But yeah, I think Stuart Broad was, well, I found him really impressive in this game. Yeah, we had that uh, brief passage in England's second innings where we, on the third day, where we had the short rain delay, mm. about 12 overs were bowled, and then the rest of the day was washed out, where we picked up two quick wickets because the, cl- the cloud cover was over. And even Pat Cummins was getting the ball to swing yeah. like quite considerably. If it was the other way round and we were the ones batting in that period, I'm almost certain Broad would have had four or five wickets to himself Self. in that period. Yeah, 100%. All right, let's get back to Tom. The problem with this Aussie side is they're like a hydra. Mm. You cut off the heads of two maddeningly difficult to dislodge batsmen and another grows in their place. In this case, it was Usman Khawaja. He became only the second player to bat on every day of a test that their team went on to win. The other man to achieve this is one Jeffrey Boycott. I'd hate to get stuck between them in a bar discussing defensive batting techniques. <laughs> I'm set to become a father for the second time in a few weeks. Hey. And we've already picked out the name Oliver. Thanks to Ollie Robinson's on-field expletives, I now have to worry that my son will be born and immediately tell the midwife to f*** off. <laughs> Anyway, the stage is set for an epic summer of test cricket, and I, for one, cannot wait. We may have lost this first test, but... That's great stuff, Tom K. Hawkey. Thank you so much, mate. And look, as as we uh, as I mentioned earlier, 
and he said in his, his pod there, you know, he is, his wife is incredibly pregnant. Very pregnant. Distinctly. Um, we send all of our, our love and well wishes to Martina. And um, we're just going to have to take what we can get from Tom over the next couple of tests. We'll we'll get bulletins when they appear. Well, as I said earlier, he was up during the World Cup nursing a grisly first child mm. at 3am watching the cricket whilst doing a bulletin. I believe he can do it. I, b- I believe he can do it as well. Um, but we'll, we'll take what we can get. And, and Tom, that was such a, a wonderful bulletin, mate. So thanks so much. Wonderful to hear your in. voice. It is a delight, TK. An absolute delight. And look... I can understand his positivity. You know, it was such a close game, this, and it was so hard fought, and and it really did ebb and flow in both directions of both teams. Mm, so constantly. Constantly, Spinks, that we do feel like it's all going to be pretty even, Stevens, um, for the yeah, next one. so the field. He didn't mention the field. He didn't I'm mention very the disappointed in you, Tom, but... Please mention you the field. You wanted to talk things. about the field. Yeah. Well, let's start with baseball. Okay. Let's start with Batsball, is I love a troublemaker. You do, Spinks. Notoriously, you do love a troublemaker. And That's true. English cricket has been the most mundane, old men in ties approach to the sport. Because, you know, they invented it and they're all posh, I think. <laughs> Maybe. I think a few of them are from Yorkshire. But the rest. Majority posh. posh. Like and- Alistair Cook and, you know, all like... Attritional, Strauss. you know, yeah, just yeah. Well, Alistair Cook is a perfect example of that. Is mm. the old school bat out time consistently, and then you'll get your runs later in the day or later in the next day. And English cricket has, for a long time, been incredibly dull. Mm. And the particularly more, Test cricket, particularly Test cricket. They're well, this course Owen Morgan, an Irishman, captain their short form teams. Yeah. So they're a bit more interesting, a bit more passionate, yeah, a, a bit more fun. Uh, happy to skull a pint of Guinness after a game. Mm. Whereas their test cricket, Michael Vaughan was probably the closest they've had in terms of a more aggressive captain. Because yeah. before that, before Stokes, you got Root, who probably wasn't the most apt to be captain, but he was their best player by far and still is. Before him, Cook, Strauss, Flintoff, uh, Flint for a very brief period, Flintoff and KP. Yeah, uh, Vaughan was there, but yeah, Atherton and Nasser and mm. all these guys. It's very, very turgid, old school cricket, which works for them. Yeah, and has worked for them and for over a century. Works in English conditions, right? Yes, it's what you need to do. Yeah, but the more captivating cricket has been. India and Australia or a Brendan McCullum led New Zealand or Pakistan for periods. Yeah, or for uh, later Graham Smith yeah, South Africa. Graham Smith South Africa was awesome. Like they had the fastest, angriest bowlers in the world and Mr. 360 AB, Jacques Callas at first drop. Like just amazing, wonderful cricket. And what Ben Stokes and Brendan McCullum are managing to do is convince an English cricket loving crowd and establishment that that kind of cricket can work for them. Yeah. And it's making very fun cricket. They've also turned it up to 11. Oh, Joe Root trying to reverse ramp Pat Cummins' first First ball ball is insane. Crazy. Like, that's not the Joe Root anyone has ever met, but he looks so happy in this team. Joe Root looks like a whole different player. Yeah, Steve Smith looks like he still wants a lot of input in the Australian team, having given up the captaincy, not by choice, Mm. and is now involved in the vice-captaincy. Kane Williamson still has a lot of input in the New Zealand Test team, but Joe Root is just having the time of his (laughs) life. Smashing 120, reverse ramps and scoops off pace bowlers, just... 
I'm so happy stuff. for him. Yeah. And look, Stokes's fields were nuts, mate. Like, we've got to talk about the field that he said to Usman for Ollie Robinson. The to get crescent moon. The crescent moon. In front of the square wicket. on both sides. You know what? Five fielders? Six Six, fielders? three on each side in this crescent shape, and he was bold. <laughs> <laughs> All in, like, short <laughs> catching positions from sort of, like, point through to square leg. Um, but like short, it was wild, and he tweaks it every go. And, and that's that's where I was getting really annoyed at the end of day five, and why I'm kind of annoyed that Australia also lost, uh, got fined for a slow overrate in this test because both teams did. But Ben Stokes changes the field every ball, every ball. So every ball, he's having a chat with his bowler, with the other bowler that's fielding at mid on, and just t- eating up so much time. It's part of the theatre. I understand it. But we shouldn't have been fined as much money of them because that was very annoying. <laughs> yeah, but it's it. Yeah, they're sensational to watch now, England, and and what they really need, in my humble opinion, what they're going to benefit from immensely, it's Mark Wood bowling one hundred and fifty. They need an enforcer bowler. It's such a shame that Jofra Archer got injured again oh, before can this you series. Imagine because him versus Smith, that whole tail oh, around it from but. the last series in England, and just the absolute pace that he brings mm. and I think we were also missing Mitchell Stark after Ollie Robinson piped up I would completely agree with that very like I understand the selections and the selections obviously worked but I just wanted someone to bowl a ball at his head yeah. and they tried and then he smacked it for four and then they tried again and he smacked it for four and then he tried again and they smacked it for four you need an enforcer you don't need but I would like to see an enforcer it depends on the decks mate if they're going to crack out these dust bowls and we're basically playing like in Abu Dhabi you know what I mean like that's that's essentially where we ended up Mm. we weren't in Edgebaston it was sunny it was a UAE pitch it was a UAE pitch mate and and those decks like there was reverse swing like the reverse swing ball a reverse swinging in swinger was the best ball of the of the whole thing if you ask me mm. from Paddy Cummins to rip out um, Ollie Pope's pass yes. um, you know and Mitchell Stark doing that from a left arm angle the the footholds that he creates for Nathan Lyon I know he leaks like in the World Test Championship final he was going at 5.2 and over which mm. is too many and that's against a very traditional Indian batting lineup. Like the, they're not the expansive lineup that they used to be. The Poms are gonna go at him. Yeah. Like we've also got to mention too, Zach Crawley just like lacing that first ball off Cummins for four through cover. I mean that was incredible. Yeah, it was a very different picture than the first ball last Ashes series in Australia, where mm. Mitchell Stark bowls Joe Burns on a half volley on leg stump. I mean, uh, <laughs> sorry, uh, sorry, he swung it around, yeah, yeah, swung around, the swung it around swung his legs. Um, what did you make of Cummins's and sort of Andrew McDonald's defensive fields, the deep point, the deep backward square, the the deep fielders right from the jump? I. I agree with what Ed Cowan said on, I think, ABC Steady Sport. Eddie. Steady Eddie. is this Baz ball is, it's captivating and it's energy and it's ego and it's, it's brash, it's open, it's ag- aggressive without aggressive bowlers. But the, the approach to the batting is it's freewheeling and people saying that it's so defensive from the beginning to have, you know, a deep point in the first session or a, a deep backwards square or whatever it is is it's taking the ego out of England's approach is balls that they would hit for four go for one or go for two 
is if you just play the attritional, traditional style, is that is or seems to be an antidote to this baseball type cricket. Is what they want you to do is take them on. Is they want you to be aggressive because they're going to be more aggressive, mm. and whoever's the most aggressive is going to win. It's this testosterone fueled attack. And what we did is by not picking our aggressive leaky bowler, we picked our control line and length bowlers and set deep fields with a couple of catches around to frustrate people that have gotten used to winning by hitting over mid-off or ramping over a short fine leg or mm. doing a reverse sweep to a, a reverse scoop to a 140 kilometer an hour bowler. They've been winning against traditional fields. New Zealand fell to that as well by trying to take them on at their own game because Brendan McCullum is their favorite son and mm -hmm. he's playing against them in the style that he used to play for them. We expanded the field, we took the energy out of it, we took the ego out of it, and then, like Harry Brook, chops on because he's trying to force strokes and they're trying to play basball to a field setting that doesn't allow them to play basball. Mm. I quite liked it. Made it kind of boring at times, but it's test cricket. It can be. Yeah, I mean, mate, I think that I'm... Like, hearing you talk through that, Spinksy, has actually changed my perspective a little bit. I'm I think very right. convincing. You are very convincing. Thank you. Um, I just, you know, Spinks, I just would really like a bit more f***ing music. I really, I just, particularly to the tail, I just feel like seeing Scotty Boland fend at one to a short, bloody, silly mid-on and to the simplest of catches and not being able to bowl them out in the first dig actually made me quite upset. And I, 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 I sort of can't express to you why. I, I can, I can I only I say why. that it was they did to us what we usually do to other people. That's exactly the thing. Is is That used to be our role in cricket. Mm -hmm. It was us in South Africa for a very, very long, long time. time. You think of your Brett Lees. Even Dizzy Gillespie was a quick bowler yeah. when he came on the scene. Yeah. Is those guys would back up. Glenn, you had Glenn McGrath and Shane Warne, and then you had this kind of rotating pool of Andy Bickle, Michael Kaspervich, uh, Dizzy Gillespie, Brett Lee. Stuart Clark at the Stuart end. Stuart Clark. Well, he was the new Glenn McGrath. Yeah. Um, but you had these guys backing up the line and length and the king of spin, and they were your chin music. That was, that was your aggression. You think of your... Murph Hughes, your Lillian Thompson. Like, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. the Australian way. Well, maybe it's not our role anymore mm -hmm. because we've now produced a lot of traditional great bowlers. Yeah. Medium fast, line and length, seam and swing. We are producing Jimmy Anderson's and Stuart Broad's and they've got a few fast bowlers, but they're always injured. But maybe it's not our role anymore. Maybe our role is now the traditional cricket Someone else can go be the most hated team in world cricket and we'll sit back and have a cup of tea and win the Ashes. Yeah, I mean, the thing is that we won, right? And we won in incredible fashion. We won because of uh, amazing innings yeah. from two bowlers with the bat. Like, that's the other thing is we, we probably shouldn't have won this test. I think that's true. When Usman got out, he played the long game and he lost the long game because he got a 60-odd off 190 balls wanting to take the game deep so he could see it through to the end. And he didn't see it through. There were 70 more runs to come when he got out and mm -hmm. we were into the tail. 
And then when Carey got out, there was 50 runs to get from three bowlers. Had to score 50 runs, which doesn't happen often. This was a wonderful innings from Pat Cubbins and Nathan Lyon with the bat. Pat especially. But it was, it was so close. It was so close. We need to be better with our traditional cricket, with the bat, and we'll win more. Let England have their fun. Wow, he Spinks. I love that. <laughs> that's actually really... That's changed my noodle. Um, mate, we've got to quickly look forward to the, the next game. And I'm just pulling well, it The women's actually starts at an hour. So. Oh, my God. Um, we're playing at Lords, Spinks. Our little sort of home away from home. The flat, what used to be the flattest deck in England. Yeah, Lords and then Headingley and then Manchester at Old Trafford. And the Oval, the Oval. to finish. Yeah. So, uh, what do you see any changes happening for either side? How do you see the game going? Mm. Any sort of like prediction adjacent material from you, Spinksy? I think Lords, because David Warner, who we haven't mentioned, has looked in decent touch. He got a 40, yeah. which for David in England is incredible. David, in the last two years, outside of one triple century, <laughs> yeah. is amazing. Um, he looks in good nick. He got out to the two most Dave Warner of dismissals. The chop, chop on, on, mate. The chop on like was... A chop on reaching out a metre in front of your body. The ball was in a different postcode. Yeah. Like, honestly, the ball was in Luton Town. The it was there with the newly promoted side. The fact that he got to that ball is as astonishing as anything else. It's a great point. So he looks in decent nick. Mm. Usman's obviously an amazing nick. Marnus has been fumbling in tests. Steve Smith is had Steve a bad Smith? game. He had yeah. a bad game. He'll move on. And then you've got Travis Head, who loves a flat pitch. Cam Green is... We didn't talk about Green either. What, what a series of grabs from Cameron Green. Oh, what fielding Cameron Green is the most amazing thing you've ever seen. Extraordinary. The hands of Mark Wall with the reach of Mitchell John Gardner. Sure. Yeah. LeBron, I don't care. Some massive dude that plays sports <laughs> with massive hands is Cameron Green. But Cameron Green, the batter, is... I said it at the last Sydney test that he played. Oh, sorry, not the last Ashes test in Sydney, where he got that really good 70 on Osman's mm. return to the team. Is This is a guy that opens the bowling for Perth. Uh, opens the batting for Perth on what is now a very flat, flat and true yeah. pitch. Yeah. And he has a Average of 55, a strike rate of 78. Like, he is an amazing bowler. And he's incredible in the IPL. Oh, nuts. And that's the thing is he can play his strokes and let loose. He can free his arms. What he tends to do, especially if the team's in a little bit of trouble when he comes in, is he plays within himself. He plays within the line. He plants that front foot Shane Watson style, mm. and then he plants the bat Aaron Finch style. So he's just either nicking off or getting LB every day of the week and they know that to him he needs to free up a bit yeah agree he needs to have some baseball about him where he needs to not be afraid of failing because that's all he is at the moment and he can get 20 10 but that's 30, all he's getting 40. that's all he's getting he needs to be able to get a good 70 and he needs to let himself do that yeah so lords perfect pitch for that to happen yeah i agree because even your forward defensives roll down the hill for four uh, do you see any changes for the Aussie team, mate? Do you see anybody coming in? Do you think Stark's going to come in? It depends on what kind of a flat pitch they have. Mm. But if it is very flat, I don't think I don't see them changing. Okay. There's, I think Stark needs a bit of assistance mm. uh, in terms of the seam of the ball or the true pace of the pitch. If it's a little too paced 
or if it's a little slow or if it's a little dead, I think Sark's going to be running the drinks again. Yeah, righto. What about for the Poms? I think they should change about four people in their team. I don't <laughs> think they will. I think they're going to... They're definitely going to keep Bairstow. They're not going to let him have one good game with a bad, bad game with the gloves and then drop him. So they'll keep him again and he might have a better game with a truer pitch. Is I don't see them dropping Bowen unless he can't play. Yeah. Um, but even then, I think they will because Joe Root is a very handy spin bowler or part-time spin bowler. So I don't see that changing. It's Anderson for Wood is the one that I have because what Anderson needs is game time, but he is fighting father time all the time. So he's not going to improve much more. If it is a flat deck, I think they bring Wood in and try and get some chin music that you're so desperate for. I mean, I just feel like if I was the curator at Lords, I would be making a green top. Yeah. I, I just think it's great. Like, I know England wants to play Baz Ball and they want to do that. They should... They're English, right? They've spent their whole lives playing on these pitches that we haven't. It's so nuts to me that they would look to make a flat track a flat track, if it's going to advantage anyone, is going to advantage us. It de- it depletes their bowling attack strengths. It's, but unfortunately for them, is their bowling has always been strong, and it's their batting that's always let them down. And now they have young, aggressive, aggressive batters, yeah. and they need to cater to them to make them feel at home and safe within the test team so they can play their cricket, and the bowlers are just going to have to deal with it. Yeah. One last thing before we go. I don't know if we've fully mentioned... How incredible Usman Khawaja was. Oh, yeah, he's really good, isn't he? He was amazing in this game. He said it was his favourite test of all time, including his return Twin Centuries game. Mm-hmm. It's his favourite test of all time. He batted for five, all five days. 800 minutes. Incredible. 590-odd balls. And we just would not have won this game if Usman wasn't so amazing. Absolutely. And that's been a bit of a... Uh, recurring theme because we have struggled for openers for so long forever for so long and Warner has been out of touch for so long that it's always been the Marnus and Smith sometimes head show rescue mission but him we've got another two or three years of Usman maybe Marcus Harris better learn how to hit a ball (laughs) (laughs) because Warner's done by the end of this Australian summer we've got six months of Warner maybe yeah, we need Warner, well, we need, sorry, we need Bancroft, we need Harris, we need Pekowski. I would like it if Bancroft came into the team after Warner's gone, bad yeah. influence. Yeah. Yeah, 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 I think that's probably pretty smart. Yeah, it's probably better. But I, I, yeah, I think we just can't sing Usman's praises enough. You know, he was, he was incredible in this game. He was the difference. Yeah, and he has been, like, he moved up to Queensland from New South Wales about four or five years, uh, five, six years ago to kind of reinvigorate his first class career because he wasn't Mm. getting the pitches in New South Wales that would suit him and whatnot and it worked thankfully because he said himself he thought two and a half years ago his test career was done and now he is one of our most important players 100% agrees with me 100% agree. Look, I would like to see Mitchell Stark come into the team. I hear everything that you're saying, Spinks, and I think you're probably right, and that's probably how the Australian selectors are thinking too, but I would love to see a bit more chin music, especially at Ollie Robinson. Like, Ollie Robinson, when he comes out to bat, it should be two at his face, four at his ribs, and then two at his stumps. And there shouldn't be any variation in that. I was chanting Neil Wagner-style bowling. Neil Wagner. Right arm around the wicket, into the ribs. Face, Every face, single face, ball. Face, no, ribs, break a rib. face. Just, break a rib. We just need to hit... We just, that fella, given that he bowls 125, 
needs to really feel 140 in his yeah, And he's got a bad back. He's got right? a bad back. I love having a villain again. This is so oh, much it's fun. It's nice, isn't it? It gives us someone to really direct our focus. Like, I can't thank Ollie Robinson enough. Yeah, neither. And look, to his credit, he actually bowled pretty well. Like Ricky Ponting. <laughs> Ricky Ponting was really funny. He was like, that's why he bowled so badly. I was like, did he bowl so badly? Because he was thinking about you, Ricky. I mean, we're all thinking about Ricky and his incredible hairy forearms. What are we not? Um, <laughs> and his hairless forehead. His hairless forehead. But um, yeah, he actually got a couple of wickets and he bowled pretty nicely. He, he bowled really well. I remember at, just at the lunch break on the fifth day or the fourth day, KP was trying to dressed down Australia about how much fun Joe Root's been having and he's just playing top-notch cricket and these lot pointing to Ricky Ponting and the Australians did not know what to do with him and it was an awkward pause and Ricky Ponting went well he's out now he scored 40 like I think we're okay (laughs) I've been watching that on repeat Um, Spinks before we go last thing can I get a prediction from you mate how do you see this series going yeah I said in the two for none chat that I thought 3-1 Mm. Australia's way because of a rain draw. Hawkey said 3-1 the other way mm. because of a rain draw. I'm now pushing 4-0. <laughs> what a... To Australia, I To think. Australia. One rain draw and then some funky declarations and some brain explosions get us over there. Because you're not going to keep Manus and Smith quiet for two tests in a row. I may eat those words, but I don't think you will. Oh, Spinksy, I love these hot takes from you, bud. Um, I, I said 2-1 Australia in the chat. Stop just... mirroring 2005. It's so upsetting. Every time draws, someone draws a parallel about the greatest <laughs> test series of all time, which I cannot love and will never love because it was the worst thing I've ever seen. <laughs> just Brett Lee crying in a ditch and Andrew Flintoff going, no, it's all right, mate, you played well. I'll piss off. Look, this time, though, it's going to be 2-1 to us. Okay, great. I like that. Yeah, not to them, to us. Um, Everyone, thanks so much for tuning in. Great to have you with us. Um, We'll probably be back after the next test to sum up all of the action. Uh, Thanks so much for everyone being us. Thanks to Tom Hawkey for getting a tape in um, under trying circumstances. And uh, we will chat to you all soon. And a big apologies to Jai Singh. Oh, my God. I'm sorry, Jai. You should call him. I really should. Spinksy, any final thoughts from you before we sign off? No, I've had a great time, and I'm going to have a really, really great winter. Hell yeah. All right, folks, we'll see you next time. Go the Aussies! Go the Aussies! Two for None is created by Patrick Cullen and Chris Barty. This episode presented by Patrick Cullen, Alex Spinks, and featuring the one and only P.K. Hawkey. This episode was produced and edited by Ginger Snap Productions and featured music by Dead or Alive with Spin Me Right Round, Sony Records, 1986, The Verve, Bittersweet Symphony, 1997, Hut Records, and Queen, The Show Must Go On, 1991, Parlophone Records. All clips and music are used in conjunction with our APRA AMCOS online mini license. Contact apra.com.au for details. You can find us at gingersnapsydney.com. Also, make sure that you like, rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast. Tell your friends about this podcast. Share it on socials. Get the word out. The Two for None is a bloody great podcast. We swear. It's not just our mums that think that. We will be back after the next test for a full wrap-up. And in the meantime, go those Aussies! Go those Aussies!